the only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Welcome along to the weekend edition of the Football Social Daily as the Premier League season enters its final fortnight of 2021-22 and for the first time in weeks we've got ourselves some daylight in the Premier League title race. Liverpool's slip at home to Spurs means that Manchester City now end the weekend four points clear at the top with three games left to play. Is the title toe-to-toe over in the final weeks? That is the big question that we'll be delving into later in the show. But before the excitement of the title race, we check in with the less fashionable but equally tight and tense race to avoid the drop-out of the Premier League. Some massive results down the bottom of the table this weekend. Defeat for Burnley and Leeds keeps them right in the mire, but Everton's massive win at Leicester means their heads are just above water. Plus, alongside all that, we'll have the race for the Champions League and the Europa League all on the agenda. So, plenty to get through tonight. My name's Fergal Brennan, and alongside me on Sunday duty, we have the Stretford Paddocks, Jay Motti. Jay, how are we doing? Do we have to talk about football? Can we not talk about something else? <laughs> we do have to talk about football. We're, we're not going to put you through the ringer too much about Manchester United. It's going to come up at some stage, but we do have to talk about the football in the wider okay. sense, I'm afraid. Fair enough. Reason- All right. I suppose that's reasonable. That is reasonable. I'm, I'm, I'm apologising in advance, but we'll, we'll get to United eventually. Um, someone who's been a little bit buoyed uh, this weekend, despite the fact that United got battered and they won't be playing in the Champions League next season, is a United fan who's had a fantastic few days. That's freelance football journalist Pete Hall. It's been a big weekend in the Hall household. It has. It has. Uh, a new arrival, uh, a little a little Ava has joined us, but I, I nearly drifted off then, actually, because I'm, I'm so tired because I've slept about... <laughs> two hours and two hours and five days, and sometimes you know it's like Jay when Fergal gets going. You know, not, God knows how long he's going to be. So I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought I could have a little power nap. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm on the ball. I'm raring to go. Very good. Uh, if you are needing anybody to read bedtime stories to get your children to nod off, I am available. My rates are sky high, but I uh, I am available to pick that up. Right, we're going to get stuck into the, the relegation battle because nobody's napping in the middle of this, Jay. It's going to go all the way to the wire as it stands. Burnley's first defeat since Mike Jackson came in. In five games, this is the first time they haven't at least picked up a point. 3-1 defeat at home to Aston Villa yesterday. Everton winning 2-1 away at Leicester today. And Arsenal beating Leeds 2-1 which means that Jesse Marsh's side are right down in the mire. So we're going to go with Burnley first, uh, Jay. As I say, first defeat since Jackson has come in as interim boss, replacing Sean Dyche. And in a strange way, this was maybe the most surprising game for them to lose. They've been really good since Jackson's taken over. Villa haven't been great in the last few weeks. They've got nothing left to play for. One win in the last six prior to going into this. Burnley needed the points, needed the result. Villa didn't. But Aston Villa are the ones walking away with with three points. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to stop making predictions when I come on here because every time I do, I end up with some sort of egg on my face because it's the, the the relegation battle, so many twists and turns. You just don't know what's going to happen. And like you said, you know, Mike Jackson when he came in, I was surprised. I thought, well, Sean Dyche been there forever, you know, done a fantastic job. I even thought for one minute maybe if they go down, they might even you know keep him and, and get him to bounce back up. But I, I think that they're sort of you know 
desperate to stay up. I know most all, uh, every club is, but because of the finances and things like that, they need to maintain their Premier League uh, status. Mike Jackson's come in, smashed it, you know, massive bump, massive turnaround. And like you say, you look at this one and you think Villa, not really playing well recently, been underperforming, haven't really got a lot to play for. The slap bang there in the sort of 11th, I think they are. So it's like, you know, they're not going to get relegated. They're not going to get into any European places. I know there's always professional pride and all that sort of stuff. But you look at it and you think, you fancy Burnley for this one. And yeah, it was a bit of a surprise result, to be honest with you. The way Burnley had been playing, the way Villa have been playing, you know, Villa were very, very good for the win. I think the, the Burnley goal sort of came in in added time. It was a comfortable victory, almost from the off, an early goal from uh, Danny Ings. And they just sort of cruised to a, to a comfortable 3-1 win, really. And that's left Burnley with it all to do. I know they're still above the um, relegation zone, I think, on goal difference. But, you know, there's, 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 so the next three, I think they've, they've got... Th- They've got three games left. Leeds got three games left and Everton have got four. So, like I said earlier, I don't want to make any predictions because there's just been so many twists and turns. But Burnley, after giving themselves not more than a fighting chance, actually look like, you know what, they look safe. They're now right back in it. And it's it's almost anyone's out of Everton, Burnley and Leeds, to be honest with you. I don't want to make any more predictions. Pete, it does show how kind of tense and tight the situation is down the bottom that Burnley on the back of that run of results since Mike Jackson came in looked like they were okay looked like they might even push up to 14th or 15th if they're able to keep that going and one negative result coupled with Everton winning at Leicester drags them right back down into it but the goal difference factor is is an important one here because at the end of the end of play this weekend Everton have got minus 19 Burnley have got minus 17 and Leeds have got minus 35 that is effectively almost like an extra point because it, it is going to be tight. The last few games, they've got three matches each, Burnley and Leeds. It could come down to goal difference if it really, really, really gets twisted and twisted right the way until the final game. It's I think what's not been said really about this um, relegation dogfight uh, this year is that all the those three teams that were that were mentioning going for the going for this uh, trying to stay up. Um, with only one of them, one of the three to go down, are all playing particularly like quite well. Like they're all in decent form. They've all got, they're all winning more games than they're losing at the moment, which is unusual. There's always normally there's one who falls away at the end, and you know not so long ago it was looking like you know thirty points could could uh, could be enough to stay up. Like such was the poor form of all three of those teams. But Burnley have picked up under Mike Jackson. Uh, Leeds picked up under Jesse Marsh when he came in. Uh, they only lost two of the seven games under Marsh, I think. Um, and Everton have, have just pulled out these two win, three wins out of nowhere against United, Chelsea, uh, and 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 today. So it's you, 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 Jay's right. It's impossible. It's impossible to pick because they're all winning games at the moment. And and that the big one, the big one is that is the is the is the Leeds game in in midweek against against Chelsea because. Um, that's it's normally you'd look at that game and think that's a more difficult game than some of the other games. But like uh, we'll get to United in a bit. But you want to be playing teams like United and Chelsea who are, who are in free fall at the moment um, because you've got a good chance of getting a result. You know, United have lost to Everton. Chelsea have lost to, uh, has lost to Everton. Um, Watford, the only team that they've beaten pretty much this season, are United. And is it, you want to be playing? You want to be playing these teams at the moment because normally you think that's not a result you can get. But um, it, it makes it even more exciting because it, it's it's so unpredictable. And and you're right to point out this Villa game because you looked at Burnley's fixtures that what they've got left, and you look at where Villa are and they've sort of been meandering. They've very much got the cooler packed uh, ready for the beach um, and that, this was the one this was the one they had to win on the back of three wins in a row 
And you just, you're right. You just assume they were going to do it at home. They've started to win for home games, which has taken them so long to do after after such a wretched uh, eighteen months, really, at Turf Moor. Back to back home wins is massive. Uh, the atmosphere, the atmosphere um, at the last home win prior to that was in, was incredible. So you think, and it was just such a weird performance. The whole thing was flat. Errors crept in, and you think, oh, that's that's the opportunity gone, and and a, and a match like that can be so deflating. So, I mean, if I had to pick one, I think that Burnley might go purely because they'll look at this game and at the end of the season, they'll look back on the season and think that was the one, that was the moment that we could mm. have, have pulled. And you're right, that win could have made the sure that they even pulled further away and, and give them confidence going into the final games. We're going to spin back round and, and look at the run-in before we take a break from, from part one. But I want to look at the other results down the bottom this weekend, Jay. And the one positive from the three teams that are battling was Everton. 2-1 win away at Leicester. Obviously, Leicester losing in the Europa Conference League semi against Roma in midweek. They were downhearted. They don't have anything left to play for. Brendan Rodgers has thrown all his eggs in, in, in that particular basket. But Everton, as you both pointed out, are actually in relatively good form, particularly when you base this on how they were at the start of 2022 and going even further back to, to win and around Christmas. Seven points in four games in the Premier League. That's the best streak of results they've had since the opening month of the season. Frank Lampard said, as he always does in his post-game, that they're taking it once, uh, one game at a time. But they've still got that game in hand. They won't really level out until just before the final weekend when everyone goes into it on 37 played but they're going to Watford in midweek Watford who've been relegated were really poor against Crystal Palace this weekend if Everton win that that brings them on to 38 and you'd probably say that's enough yeah, what impressed me about it, the result at, at Leicester and what we've seen from, from Everton is not just the, the, like any quality we have seen quality but it's that sort of belief in that Fight. You can see when some teams, their heads drop or they go a goal behind or whatever. Everton take the lead and then Leicester City equalised, I think not long after, is it five minutes later? Um, and then that could have been one way you think, all right, you know, your heads drop or you think, oh, it's going to be another one of those days. But they didn't. They kept going, they got another goal and then they saw out the, the win. And it's that what makes me think, like you said, the, they're in form. The, the, the fighting and the, the, the showing that belief and that determination and they're getting some big results as well and he's had a bit of a torrid time of it Frank Lampard he's had a lot of criticism I think last time I was on I think it might have been myself and Rob Blanchett saying that Everton we felt were going to go down or were looking good for good value to go down but now as you've mentioned there you know Watford who are just done in, in every sense of the word you'd, if you had to pick someone you'd, you'd probably pick them over Norwich at the moment I think Norwich's form is slightly better um, so yeah going there you'd think that that could be a game that they can get a result from especially considering some of the other results they have, they've had so it's looking quite good for Everton and I wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago I didn't say that a few weeks ago because a few weeks ago they looked dead and buried but like you say the, the wins over the likes of United and Chelsea especially have, have just given them that lift given them the points and with that game in hand yep if I'm allowed to just keep flip-flopping every time I come on here, it looks like Everton are, are, are pretty safe. But, you know, like I said earlier, there could be another twist in this tale. I was trying to think of a on-the-beach-already uh, analogy there with Jay and his flip-flops. It'll come to me. I'll, I'll try and cook something up, yeah. something cheesy up Good before the break. Um, Pete, Arsenal 2, Leeds United 1. We're, we're going to talk about Arsenal later on in, in the context of the, the race for the Champions League. So I want to touch on Leeds before we do take a break. They are 
sliding and sliding down into this. They've won just one in the last five, and this was a, a really poor performance, not helped by Luke Ayling being sent off. And that's, for me, almost symbolic of what is going on and potentially where they're heading. Club captain, really stupid challenge, gets himself sent off. He's now banned for the final three games of the season. They won't have their captain. There's still no sign of Patrick Bamford being back fit and back in the team. Rafinha was arguably lucky to stay on the pitch because he was running around like a madman and eventually got subbed off. They need to keep it together because they've got three really important games. And at the moment, the form is against them. Yes, Burnley lost this weekend, but they are in better overall form. And Everton definitely are. It's such a stupid tackle that Luke Alien won. Uh, not not an example you should be setting when Stuart Dallas is out for the rest of the season with a broken leg. They've got the, the uh, because, due to the fact they had such a poor um, transfer market in the summer, where the where the philosophy where the, the transfer strategy was we're going to go after certain players and if we don't get them then we don't get anyone else. That's it. And they left themselves with just a wafer thin squad and they're playing young players who who are not quite ready for it yet. Um, it's it's it, it makes it such a stupid, even more stupid decision to dive in like that. When you must know, you you know what you're doing if you dive in like that. If you leave the ground like that, you know what you're doing. You know you you know what's coming to you. But I remember the after the after the Watford game um, last month. Um, I, I was on the way back from Anfield a, a game, and um, I was listening to the radio. And and when Leeds battered Watford, I know I know it's 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 only Watford, but. Um, the 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 radio commentator who will remain nameless uh, uh, said that oh Leeds are safe now because of this run and 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 that's that's them that's them that's them in the Premier League next season and going on and on and I was, and I was thinking I I remember because I, I cover a lot of Leeds games and I'm thinking they've got some really difficult games coming up you know they had a trip to Palace coming up which is not an easy place to go now and then City and Arsenal and they easily could have been dragged and so it's proved. Um, it's they've got now it's it's in their hands because they've got these two home games this week against Chelsea who who are who are not the Chelsea that started the season um, whether that's uh, uh, because of what's been going on off the pitch or or a variety of things it's things aren't things aren't well at, at Chelsea and they are one of many clubs that just want the season to end now and. Um, and then you've got Brighton, who 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 are, are, don't have to go far to the beach, do they? But, um, <laughs> so they um, they they've they've already broken their Premier League points record for the season after battering uh, the Sunday League football team Manchester United on on Saturday. Um, so that's it's another perfect team to be playing at this stage of the season. But you've got to get the results. Uh, Ellen Road is one of those stadiums, a bit like St James's Park, where. The, when the when things are going well, the atmosphere is, is electric and they do they do properly get behind you, but it can turn toxic sometimes, uh, depending on you know what goes on and 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 things like that. So, it's it's a huge four days for them. It's a huge four it's a huge four days of them with that Chelsea game, and then Brighton to come. Before we wrap it up for part one, we are going to do some predictions, Jay. I apologise, but I'm I'm going to give you the the lowdown on it, so you don't have to just go completely cold into this. So. It's also worth remembering how quickly these games are getting turned around because there's a lot of midweek games coming this week and then the following week before the final weekend of the season. So Burnley have got three games to go inside seven days. They've got Spurs away, Villa away and then Newcastle at home. Everton on the other side have got four games still left to play but it's four games inside 11 days. Watford away, Brentford at home, Crystal Palace at home and then Arsenal away on the final day and then Leeds have got themselves three games inside 11 days. Chelsea at home, Brighton at home and Brentford away. If we're looking at 
wanting to play teams that have got nothing left to play for. Leeds have got Chelsea, who should be okay for top four. Brighton and Brentford, who've got nothing left to play for. Everton, Watford are already down. Brentford and Palace have got nothing left to play for. There is the potential that Arsenal still need a result on the final day to get into the top four. And then Burnley have got Spurs away, who were chasing Arsenal down. And then they've got Villa, who are home and hosed, and Newcastle, who are as well. So with all that slew of information, give us your prediction. Um, with everything you've said there and also what Pete was saying as well and from what I've seen myself I'm, again I'll probably be back on here next week changing my mind but <laughs> I think the bottom three is, it is, is how it's going to end up I do I think so Leeds Le- yeah I think you've got to look as well every time Leeds play their team gets weaker they lose someone that they need Pete just mentioned it then the squad's paper thin they lose Dallas they lose Ailing. you know and, and, and they're playing like a team whose heads have gone you know, I love fans love passion and you know effort and all that, but it's no you're no good to anyone if you're running around like a lunatic diving into challenges to either hurt yourself or to get yourself sent off. And I just feel like with Leeds, it's it's not looking good for them. And uh, you know you can't keep losing key players every time you play. So I'm going to go with them to go down. Pete, what's your call? Uh, it will go down to the last day. It might be like a last kick from a goalkeeper or something like that. But I think it'll be. Um, I think Burnley will go down because uh, I think Leeds will win these two home games uh, this week, um, and that will uh, that will I, th- I think that will do that will be enough for them. It will, it will go down to the last day, I think. But I think I think that'll be enough. And just because I think Burnley's fixtures, uh, Jay's right in, in the fact that. Yeah, I mean Leeds. You know you're struggling to put a, you know a, a first team out there, and they're not going to have much options off the bench. But I'm looking purely at the fixtures. I think Burnley's fixtures are quite tough. That uh, they've got to come. Leeds have got two home games, and then Brentford um, and Pontus Janssen will put one in his own goal to keep to keep Leeds in the in the Premier League <laughs> if he needs to. Um, so I, I think Leeds's Leeds's fixtures are out of. Out of the three are the best, and I, I think that uh, I think that they'll stay up. And Everton have got the momentum now, so I think they'll stay up. I think uh, it's it's been a valiant effort, to be fair, because Burnley looked dead and buried not so long ago. So, but I think I think that they will go down. I I'm going to agree with Jay. I said before this weekend I thought Burnley'd get a win, and then that would be them. Not okay, but kind of okay. And I, I still think it's Leeds. I, I just think that they're falling apart at the wrong time. And and looking at the home form, yes, Ellen Road is a hard place to go X Y and Z. But they've only won twice at home in the Premier League in 2022. And I think hmm. provided Burnley don't get battered by Spurs um, in the next game, I think there'll be enough Villa away and Newcastle at home on the last day. I think I think it will go to the final day, and I think it could even be goal difference. But I think Burnley will squeeze it and I think Everton have got the form to uh, to dig themselves out of it. But it is going to go all the way probably until the final game of the season. We're going to take a break here on the Football Social Daily. After the break, we're moving away from the relegation scrap and taking a look at Europe. Manchester United will not be playing Champions League football next season. The likelihood is a Europa League spot for Manchester United under Eric Ten Hag, but it's not confirmed as West Ham are chasing them all the way down and they could slip into the glamour of the Europa Conference League. We're going to be getting Pete's and Jay's views on that. I can't wait in just a sec. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. 
Hello and welcome back to Sunday night's edition of the Football Social Daily. As always, here on the Football Social Daily, we are your daily source of all things Premier League. All the way until the end of the campaign, we'll be producing a daily Premier League podcast. So if you hit subscribe, you can check that out as soon as it is ready. And also on our home website, www.sport-social.co.uk, you can check out news, previews, reviews of every single Premier League game right we're going to flick back to the action this weekend Jay deep breath Brighton 4 Manchester United nil. and there's a common theme of fours here so I'm going to throw a few fours at you four goals and no top four for Man United four goals (laughs) conceded in their last five games and four straight away defeats in the Premier League is this Manchester United's worst performance of the season? There's been a few candidates so far in 21-22. Is this the worst? Well, 4 key now, um, if I'm honest to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not... Um, it's it, it, For me, it just feels like we are getting worse, especially away from home. I thought, funnily enough, the way we've been playing recently, I thought for the Brentford game we might struggle because Brentford have been playing well. I didn't know if we'd turn up because we haven't been turning up, turning up. And I thought we might struggle to that. We get a win. It sticks with the same team. We go away to Brighton and it is, you know, arguably the, the one of these. I mean, the trouble when you say like worst performances now, there's been so many. We were talking about how terrible Watford are before. Watford beat United, you know, by four, what was it? 4-1, I think, um, earlier on in the season. Andrew Old Trafford, which was another terrible result for, for United. So it's difficult to pick because there's been so many bad performances, but this is up there. With them, I think Brighton have only scored 16 goals, I think, at, at the Amex this season in the Premier League. You know, a quarter of the goals came in that game that they've scored. I mean, that's just unreal. And the sad thing is, Ralph Ragnick looks like he hasn't got a clue on how to fix any of this, how to do anything about it. We saw it, I think he took Matic off, you saw Maguire coming on, you saw Cavani coming on, and it just it didn't really make any difference. We went from, you know, losing 1-0 to, to 4-0. And I just, I keep saying this, I want this season to end. I can't wait for it to end. I know it's probably going to get worse when we look at who the, who the, the teams that are fighting for the major honours are. It could be a lot worse. But in terms of the Europa Conference and the Europa League, I mean, it's... I, I'm not that bothered to be honest with you. Whether it is Europa Conference or Europa League, I know that I know that you know the Europa League is more important than the conference, or whatever. I wouldn't even be that fussed if we didn't have either. I think for for the there's money we've spent in the summer, the, the 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 expectations that we had, Ronaldo coming back, signing Varane, Sancho coming in, finishing second last season, to to not make the Champions League, I just think is just it's just disgraceful. And this is a really it's a really difficult side to watch as a Manchester United fan not just because of the performances but even just because of things like the effort the lack of effort the lack of likability you know this isn't a team where you go do you know what they try or I can get behind them you just hear all these stories the managers sort of kicking off with players and saying calling players out players look disinterested half the squad's going to leave and it's just it's just horrible it's just not a nice time to be a Manchester United fan at the minute and yeah the sooner the season ends the better because that was as bad as it's been um, this season at the Amex I just want to look at the picture and your take on this, Pete, for Manchester United, because the kind of strangeness of the fixture calendar means that they're the only team to have played 37 games. So there's going to be a lot of waiting around for Manchester United over the next week as they see all the teams move and potentially push their own case for for European qualification. And United end the weekend sixth in the Premier League table, but they're 17th 
in the Premier League form table based on the last five games. And I think that's that's telling of where they are, just four points from the last five games. So as it stands, you would probably say they've got enough to get into the Europa. So where do you stand on this? If they slip down into the Europa Conference League and West Ham overtake them, that that would just surely be the absolute nail in the coffin of this season for Manchester United. I can't see... Cristiano Ronaldo playing in the Europa Conference League next season and if West Ham get enough points together in their last two games they could do it I said this in a piece last week there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk about whether um, United should keep Ronaldo for next season and, and how they're going to keep him and how he, where he's going to fit in I can't get my head around why he would want to stay like he's he, he can still he can still do it He's shown this season playing with alongside a, a you know a bang average side uh, which United have become this season. He can still do it. So why why hang around next season? Because it's not going to get better quickly. He came back to United. Uh, you know his grand homecoming. It was a, it was a nice idea. And in the summer, I mean, Jail backed me up here, and you, you looked at United's summer business keeping hold of Edison Cavani, signing Rafael Varane and Cristiano Ronaldo, adding to the talent, and Jadon Sancho, adding to, the, adding to the talent that we already had. And you're thinking, that is a really good team. And you're thinking, finally, we can challenge, you know, finally United can challenge again. Um, and it's, well, it's gone from one disaster to the next since. Um, but it's not going to get better next season. He's only got one more year in, in him at United, really. Why why stick around? Like, it's not gone well. It's He's it's not... He, 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 who knows who he's going to be playing alongside? Who knows what's where he's going to fit into the system? If he's going to fit into the system, go and have a go and have a nice final couple of years in, uh, into Miami or something like that. Oh, I, I don't, I don't understand. I'll try a new league that he's not done before. I'll go back to sport in Lisbon. I don't understand if I'm if I'm Cristiano Ronaldo, why you would want to stick around and and he's. I, I very much doubt that he'd be the 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 leading this revolution that, uh, that Ten Hag comes in because Ten Hag is known for being a bit. It'll be a bit more like it's my way or the highway kind of thing, which is which is what uh, United board were attracted to about him. So there's a chance that he might only play a bit part role. So I, if there's an option for him to leave, I'd be I'd be packing my cases and I'd be I'd be getting in those ten hour queues at Manchester Airport as soon as possible. I don't, I just don't I don't understand why you want to stay because it's that it's from top to bottom the club is an absolute mess and the, the what makes it so bad and what Jay alluded to it is that how imperious the the, the two of the two of the club the, the club's two biggest rivals are like Liverpool and City are, are two of the best teams ever to play in the Premier League and United are at this stage where they are now and it makes things a hell of a lot worse and it's it is that it's certainly the worst. United season in, in my lifetime and I, I was asking my mum about this the other day who's had a season ticket since she, she was five going to United and she's oh, I, I won't say how old she is now because she got, she does listen um, and <laughs> she she said it was it, you know I was like well it can't have been worse it, it must have been worse when we were in in Division 2 in the 70s she was like absolutely not this is the worst in her lifetime that United have been because of just the the lack of effort, the lack of intensity, the lack of hunger. And I, I'm something like Roy Keane when he goes on about sort of hungry players, but it's true. Like that, you you there is not a team that I would be confident of United beating in the Premier League. Any of them, like Watford, Norwich, any of them, they're that that bad. And because there's 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 eight or nine players that do not care one bit 
and that's why she was like, it's much worse. At least, at least in uh, in the seventies, in in Division Two, they played good football, and they, you know they soon came back up. And even when they got relegated, they were playing decent football. It's it's poor to watch. It's it's schoolboy defense de- defending that you know from a a defense that cost more in total than Man City's. So it uh, and then you got and then you look at the ownership of the club and and everything else. It's it could not be more of a mess. Um, and then you've got Liverpool potentially winning the quadruple. I don't think it could ever get worse than that, could it, for United fans? No, don't speak too soon, Pete. Um, I want to ask about West Ham, Jay, because they are the only ones really that could disrupt this potential Europa League finish. Brilliant performance from them today, albeit away at a already relegated Norwich. But on the back of losing in the Europa League, getting knocked out, and obviously the chance of reaching a European final in, I think it's over three decades, would have been a big one for, for the Hammers fans. So, as it stands, there's a very strange situation where Manchester City could save Manchester United's Europa League campaign uh, because West Ham have got two games left between now and the end of the season and one of them is at home to Manchester City next weekend. City obviously still pushing to hold off Liverpool and win the Premier League title. If Man City win that at West Ham, we then go into the final game of the season where United have got a three-point lead over West Ham and they've got Crystal Palace on the final game of the season. And provided they don't get whacked by Patrick Vieira, the Europa League is safe. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. Pete was talking about, you know, Liverpool and City being so, so imperious. And the sad thing is, I look at that game and I'm thinking, Do I hope City then. win. Be- <laughs> yeah, be- not because of the Europa League, just because it stops Liverpool getting to 20 titles and <laughs> potentially the, the quadruple. That is, this is, you know, we're in the seventh circle of hell here as United fans. It doesn't get any worse. <laughs> so um, that's the main issue I have with that or the main sort of, you know, reason that I'd be looking at that result. Um, in terms of West Ham, though, I've got to give them credit because I looked at it and I thought, sometimes, you know, when a team's already down, they can produce a performance, they can, you know, they want to put on something for the fans or the, even the shackles of worrying about relegation are off. West Ham, it was pretty soul-destroying for them to, to lose that semi-final the way they did. We saw a few sort of, you know, Declan Rice kicking off, David Moyes kicking off a little bit, or, you know, he said it was an accident or whatever with the ball boy. That's bizarre, very David Moyes-esque episode. And you think they might just end up struggling, but they didn't. They just absolutely... Bossed, um, bossed the game, dominated it from early doors right through and were very, very good value for a big win as well. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound dismissive of the Europa League because I might, you know, I'm sure Pete will tell you that the, the last time we won it in Stockholm, it was fantastic. It was, a, you know, it felt like a real achievement. But once I remember being at that game and thinking at the end of the game, great, we've won it, we've completed the set and all that. I never want to see this competition again. And then, yeah, we were there again two years later in the competition. But... I've never been a big sort of, you know, fan of the Europa League in terms of, oh, let's get into Europa. And also I feel as well that the Europa League or the Europa Conference with a new manager coming in with a massive overhaul needed, it might even be a little bit of a distraction. So I'm just fairly indifferent, to be honest with you. For me, it was Champions League or bust, especially with the players we've got. So, yeah, it's just frustrating. And West Ham, yeah, they could catch us. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if United went to Crystal Palace and lost. So it's up to West Ham what they do. Pete, before we wrap up on part two, what's your call? Manchester United next season, will it be the Europa League or the Europa Conference League? Um, uh, well, they won't win the last game, so it depends what it depends what everyone else does. <laughs> um, so you, one, one thing I can guarantee is that your Manchester United will lose their last game of the season because um, it, it it'll just be 11 players in second gear um, and nine of them will be leaving and the other two don't want to be there. 
So it will it, that 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 well, it all depends what anyone else does because United are not going to win that final game of the season. I can guarantee you that. So I I think it will be it, just for just for the final nail in an absolutely horrendous season. It'll be uh, it'll be Europa Conference League next year, and it'll be uh, trips to Kazakhstan and and what have you, which is which is quite fun. But it's uh, yeah, it, it it it'll just it'll I think it, it's nailed on, isn't it? That this disaster of all seasons for United is going to finish with one final laugh for everyone else. Yeah, that's the spirit. Right, we're going to wrap up for part two. After the break, we're going to be talking about something that will definitely cheer both of you up. Liverpool have slipped up in the title race and Manchester City have pounced. At the end of play this weekend, Manchester City now have a three-point lead at the top of the table. Three games to go and Pep's defending champions are closing in on the title. All that to come in just a sec. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Sunday night's edition of the Football Social Daily. We're moving on to the final five games of the Premier League weekend. And now we are touching on the title race. And now... This isn't because it's not been exciting. It's just in for the last six weeks, Liverpool have won, Man City have won, Man City have won, Liverpool have won. But Jay, this weekend we've had a little crack in the form. Liverpool won, Tottenham won at Anfield means that despite the fact that Liverpool are still potentially on course for a quadruple, the Premier League now looks to be drifting away. So... This has a performance against Tottenham. We've seen Tottenham play really, really well against Manchester City this season and they do have these types of performances in them. Liverpool have had an absolute marathon in 2022. Obviously, the stat that's been floating around that they're going to play 63 games before the end of the season. Villarreal was difficult in midweek. It took a lot out of them. Is that where a lot of this comes from? If if they were coming back to Anfield and playing a, a Southampton or a Watford or whatever... VRL wouldn't have been an issue. Those tired legs would have been enough. But against the Tottenham team that can produce this type of a performance, Liverpool might now have blown any chance of winning the title. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought Liverpool would win, but it's not a massive surprise they didn't. Because you look at Conte, you look at Spurs, you look at some of the results they've had this season. I think they've done the double over City, which, you know, I think they'll seem to have done that. And one of those results came um, under Nuno, of course. So, yeah, they are a team with, are capable of it. And they played to the strengths. And I know so Jurgen Klopp was sort of kicking off about it, wasn't he? That the, they, you know, only had sort of 35% possession Spurs and it was more of a counter-attack. But I've not got any issue with that. I mean, you know, you look at the Liverpool squad and the players they've got at their disposal the, and look at Spurs. I know Spurs have got Kane and Son, but the Liverpool squad is far stronger than the Spurs one and you know cost a lot more as well I think Van Dijk and, and Alisson cost the same as the entire Spurs starting 11 so he plays his strengths and that's what Conte did and they got you know what is a big result for them and still gives them a fighting chance in that, that, that chase for top four so I don't think it's done I think there could be another twist but I always felt with City I know City we'll get into them in a minute but City were like everyone thought oh well Newcastle at home that's a given I actually thought that one game they might struggle with is the one after the Real Madrid game so maybe there's a bit of a hangover there because it was so deflating and they take that into a Newcastle game and Newcastle have been playing quite well but I think for me 
I'm cautious to say anything about the title race, to be honest with you, and it's depressing either way. But I just feel that Pep Guardiola, three games to go, three points ahead, and a bit of goal difference, I won't bet against him. Pete, would you agree? Uh, Guardiola in his post-game today said that it was a perfect afternoon, 5-0 win at home to Newcastle. Any chance of a, a negative reaction to getting knocked out of the Champions League was just just blown out of the water. And, and as Jay said, three points clear. They've got a goal difference edge on, on, um, on Liverpool going into the final few games. And it's difficult to see a slip. Wolves away in midweek, West Ham away, as we mentioned before, next weekend. And then on the final day of the season, they're at home to Aston Villa. It's not a, a run of games where you see anybody dangling a leg. And their season hinges on this. Uh, a bit of a spanner in the works, unfortunately. Unfortunately, for those who are desperate not to see Liverpool make it 20 and, and, and win the quadruple, is that um, Guardiola, after the game um, today, said that uh, uh, Diaz, Walker and John Stones are all out for the final three games, uh, which is half half of the back four. Um, uh, so... <laughs> It's yeah. I think that that it, it leaves them with a with a with a back with a back four of Zinchenko, Laporte, Ake, and Cancelo, which is still a very good uh, defense. That's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it doesn't leave much room for manoeuvre. Um, and I, 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 what did you make? What did you make of that, Pete? He brought on Fernandinho, yeah. certainly. Do you think he might? You think he might? Because I know he's, he's done, done that before in the past, in the past and he he really mm. trusts him, doesn't he? But. Um, it depends who he's up against. If he's up against anyone with a bit of pace, as 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 he, as he got shown yeah. up in the in the Champions League, um, then he can get caught out. He can't play at fullback. He did bring him on at fullback in against Real Madrid, and that didn't work. Um, and I, I actually don't think I don't think their fixtures are all that easy. Uh, I don't think they're I don't think they're given. You know, Wolves had absolutely nothing to play for at Chelsea, and, and were two 0 down, and came back to draw two two, and, and were throwing people forward at the end. So uh, you know, there's obviously still some desire for them to finish the season strongly. West Ham have still got a bit to play for at home. Um, the, the, you know, they've had a good season. They're not in Europe anymore, so they all want to finish the season on high. I, I think there's and and then you've got Stevie, Stevie Gerard to come at the end at the end of the season to 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 win. You know, to 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 d- damage City at the end, so Liverpool can win it and he'll go around the Etihad with you know cup in his ear kind of thing. You can just see it happening, can't you? I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not overly convinced. Maybe because I've been so fearful of Liverpool winning the quadruple for so long now that I've I've convinced myself it's going to happen and I'm preparing myself emotionally for it. Um, so I I just I look at those fixings and I really don't think they're that easy. And if there are injuries at the back. Because um, cities, what we, we we forget that you know, for all cities, good football, the amazing football that they play, and the, the forward players that they've got, they're built on a, a rock solid foundation. They've had the best defense for the last two seasons. They don't concede goals. They don't concede chances. Edison isn't Edison isn't like renowned for his shot stopping. He, he keeps so many good, so many clean sheets because he has such a brilliant back four ahead of him. So you know. I think there's, I, I think there's a bit of doubt there. I don't think, I don't think it's a formality. Uh, Liverpool will win their their final games. Um, I think if they were going to slip up, it was against Spurs. Spurs are good in in these sort of games. Conte loves big games like that, um, and he he's, he often gets big results against teams like that, setting up his teams like he does. So I I don't think it's a formality. I think there's still a bit of life in it yet. Before we move on to the final few games, Jay, I just want to ask you about the top four and where we stand at the end of the weekend. Arsenal finishing in fourth, 35 games played, 66 points, and Spurs 35 games played in fifth, but they've got 62 points. It's the North London derby in midweek, and that's more than likely going to decide how it goes down. But because of that cushion, 
there's not as much pressure for Arsenal to have to go to Spurs and win. Whereas you get the sense that if Tottenham don't get something from it, that's probably their Champions League dream over. Yeah, definitely. I've been saying for as long as long as I can remember that that's the sort of almost a decider. But you might argue that, well, the, mathematically, Arsenal are now in a good position because they can afford to lose it and still make the top four. Spurs have got to win it. I do fancy Spurs for that game. Probably, I think they just had the edge. Um, and I do think that there still could be a twist in that. I think Arsenal have got... Um, is it They've got to go to Newcastle, I think. There's a, there's a game where... Um, Newcastle away and then Everton at home on the last day. Right, so the Newcastle away could be a bit of a potential banana skin. I know it's it's tight, but yeah, I I think that if if Spurs don't get a win there, then it's done. If they do, I'd probably just still stick with them. I still stick by me me um mis prediction that whoever wins that game gets top four. But I think sorry sorry, but sorry if if it's a draw, then it's Arsenal at home and dry. Okay, fair dues. Right, we're going to move on to the final three games of the weekend, Pete. Brentford 3, Southampton nil. This can definitely get filed under mid-table also run. But Brentford are finishing the season strongly and have just been digging around on on, um, Wikipedia, let's be honest, about teams that have done brilliantly in their first season in the Premier League. Not ever, but their first season after a promotion. And Wolves in 2018-19 is the current record. 57 points was enough to get them in the Europa League that season. Brentford are not going to get that. They're on 43 as it stands, but... This has been a really impressive run of form, particularly post-January onwards, where they looked like they were going to get sucked into it with Everton and Leeds and Burnley. They've kept their heads above water at really important times, and now they're able to to, to strut a little bit almost. Beating Southampton 3-0 at home, really good performance. They've got Christian Eriksen pulling the strings. Ivan tony has been so impressive for them. And at the back, nice and solid, and, and defenders who get important goals. And at the end of the season, Ericsson is going to dominate the story and, and what he does next. But Brentford can be really proud of what they've done on what's been a pretty unfancy ticket coming up from the championship. Yeah, and they're the model. They're the model that you, how you want to run a football club, aren't they? Um, the succession plan that they have in place, how they identify players. You know, you don't spend big money on players. They do their homework. They track players for years using data and analysis. It's very modern, modern thinking football club. And it's 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 uh, uh, and the gra- you know the atmosphere is great. It's a really nice story. It's a, it's a really nice. Story. Thomas Frank is one of the most is one of the most likable Premier League managers. I think it's just a the whole thing is just a real feel good story. It's a re- is, you know. A really nice story and Ericsson added to that Ericsson brought that little bit of quality that you need because what Brentford did is this a lot of newly promoted teams they they carried on the momentum from last season started the season started the Premier League season really well got some really big results and then they fell away and then they went on a long run um, a long losing run uh, and got dragged back into it so they needed that little bit of an inspiration that little bit of a kick and Ericsson provided that but you're right you're right to point out it's not just a Christian Ericsson um, he has he has galvanised them, but there's a lot of really good players in that team. Uh, he's brought the best out of Ivan Tony, which has been really good to see because he was lacking somebody to give him that um, service, really. And, and he's proven with his goal scoring since Ericsson has, since Ericsson has come in how good a player he is. But they're so well organised at the back, and it, it's a lot of players that, that it's always good to see. I think clubs who, who come up from the Championship stick with a lot of the same players, don't go mad, don't bank up themselves, and it, it keeps that continuity in it. And, and it, that's why they've been able to get so many good results and and, and fair play to them it's a, it's a really 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 nice story 
Uh, Chelsea 2, Wolves 2, Jay. As we mentioned at the start of the show, Chelsea are probably home and dry to get a top four position. 35 games played, 67 points. There's going to be a few twists and turns in, in the last week or so, but they're probably okay. Their focus now shifts to the FA Cup final next weekend, but they're not in great form. And, and it's obviously there's a huge amount of off-field issues that are going on at the moment, the sanctions that are still in place, the buyout, which is not quite completed. But based on the last five games, they've only picked up five points. But bizarrely, because of the way Thomas Tuchel operates, and we go back to last season when they got to the FA Cup final and lost to Leicester, and they got to the Champions League final and beat Manchester City, sometimes he likes this situation. Just looking at his record from that run last season, and a lot of times they lost a league game, won a cup game, lost a league game, won a cup game. So he obviously will be frustrated that they're ending the Premier League season with a bit of a whimper. But maybe this won't have a major impact on the FA Cup final as it looks. Well, well I hope not. And again, I know that sounds sad and bitter, but I hope you know <laughs> Chelsea beat Liverpool because then you know we'll talk of the quadruples over. Um, but no, you're right, and he, you know he, Chelsea. It's it's been such a strange season for them. Right? There was I think it was around was it? Forgive me, I'm getting dates wrong. December, January, when they were they were top, and everyone was. Or it might have been a bit earlier, and people were going. You know they've just won the Champions League. Tuchel's come in at the top of the league. Everything's great. And then since then they've been very very patchy. They've obviously had the off off the field issues as well, but they're, they're still in a position where they can get Champions League football and win a trophy and win a you know a good trophy as well in the FA Cup. So yeah, Tuchel is a manager that can pull those results out of the bag. But I would be concerned of my form. I know you you mentioned there they were able to do it last season where they'd lose and they'd win and they'd lose and they'd win in the league and the cup. Well, they'd also got some results in the league. I think they didn't beat City in the league and then beat them again in the mm. in the in the. Um, in the Champions League, you wonder whether that had a bit of an effect on him. But the, the league form has been so worrying. And to, to, to draw um, the way they drew as well, was it 97th minute, I think, Conor Cody gets the equaliser? To be 2-0 up yeah. at home with 10 minutes to go, whatever, and then to end up drawing it isn't a good result. It is deflating. And I think with Liverpool playing the way they are, Chelsea have really got to bring their A game to, to the FA Cup final. And you can't keep sort of hoping that you just, you know, turn your form around when you are performing so underwhelmingly in the league which is what Chelsea have been doing for quite a number of months now to be honest Final game of the weekend Pete Crystal Palace won Watford nil Watford down deservedly so we knew it was pretty much done and dusted last weekend it was just the, the mathematical box to get ticked Crystal Palace are now also safe that's confirmed they're not going to be in any sort of danger in the final week or so and it kind of got me thinking about how bad the two bottom teams are because it seems that Watford and Norwich have been doomed for weeks and Watford have been absolutely dreadful six straight defeats now Norwich slightly better based on the last six they've got four points from six and I just want to get your take on this of who is the worst team. It's the ultimate race to the bottom, but I I do honestly think that despite the fact Norwich are bottom, the margins between them are so thin and Watford are actually the worst team. I agree. I agree because I, I think Norwich Norwich are capable of a good performance, whereas I don't I don't think Watford are unless they play Man United. <laughs> so I, I I just think that um I think that Norwich are better on the eye as well. I think they're they're a better team to watch than Watford are, and Watford is just such a such a mismatched group of players. Like I was, I was quite impressed with some of the signings that they made in the summer. I thought Emmanuel Dennis was an excellent signing, but like further back, it's just it just doesn't work. And, and I don't know if you you saw Ben Foster's 
comments after the after the game yesterday. Really bizarre and really honest brutal, for brutal, weren't uh, they? yeah, really honest for a player to come out and say that really about your own teammates and before the end of the season. You know, he's got games to come and that's 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 spoken by a man who knows full well he ain't going to be playing for Watford next season. So uh, yeah, it's it's. If you, if your own players, if you if you got your own goalkeeper saying that, and he's probably so he's so frustrated because he finishes every game absolutely knackered because he has to face fifteen shots a game, so he, he just all spilled out. And it was Roy's Roy, bringing in Roy Hodgson. Um, it just he just never his heart never seemed to be in it, and I don't think he was ever that fussed and he was always going to come into the end of the season. I think that's that's such a risky strategy that you you get someone in just to keep you up for that one year. I know I know that's that's the that's the main goal um short term, but he's he's not he's not he's only looking to get himself through to the end of the season. So I I don't think it was a it was a good move and I I love Watford fans losing their minds on social media today about um Roy Hodgson. I don't know if you saw but like he oh, yeah. he yeah. didn't go over to acknowledge Watford fans and 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 was <laughs> busy waving away at all the Palace fans he was getting a standard ovation as Watford had just been relegated I thought that was that was quite poignant really and, I, and I've, I've covered a few Watford games recently and, and done Rise press, press conferences and he's just his heart's not in it I, 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 never thought, I never thought it was from the start and I thought Watford's strategy of, of sacking managers every 10-15 games is always going to bite them in this situation I think yeah, I agree. So, confirmed Watford will be playing championship football next season. Norwich already down. The relegation picture, just to recap before we uh, end the podcast today, as it stands, Everton, 34 games played, 35 points. Burnley, 35 played and 34 points. And Leeds, who are in the relegation zone at the end of the weekend, 35 games played, 34 points, but they've got a minus 35 goal difference so we're going to wrap it up for tonight's edition of the football social daily as always on a sunday night jay pete thank you for your time thank you that was relatively painless that to be honest with you because i think pete's like me now he's just you know we just got to accept it haven't we? and try yeah and, you know laugh as you'll cry we've we've had our fun united fans have had, we've had our fun it's someone else's yeah. turn i just wish it wasn't liverpool's turn that's all exactly well said <laughs> I think that's very fair. And to be honest, I'm, I'm never one to rub it in. And, and you can comfort each other on that long flight to Kazakhstan next season. And, uh, and that can be that can be your final way to soothe yourself yes. out of this. Can't wait. Mouth-watering clashes. Indeed, indeed. And as Pete said, if you're flying from Manchester, get yourself in the queue now to make sure that you, uh, you get through passport control. Right. We are going to call it a day for today's edition of the Football Social Daily. As always, hit subscribe up the top. You can get access to a brand new episode as soon as it is ready. The team are back tomorrow, previewing all the midweek Premier League action and then building up to the penultimate weekend of the Premier League season. Thanks for listening and we'll speak to you very, very soon. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.